All right. Big time here. Big time. Hey, I go to good sleep. morning. How's everyone doing? <clears throat> Hope you're doing well this morning. Man, this is, like Pastor said, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, having an opportunity, this guy right here, James Mitchell, uh, we first met in 1996 uh, when we were, at that time I was coaching for the then Houston Oilers in Houston. And Mitch started coming to, uh, to Houston, introducing himself to the team because it was known that we were going to move back to Tennessee. And so we became friends then, and we just, you know, connected. And, and you know, to say this is a very special friend to me because uh, as we connected and, and came together as friends, uh, you know, as like the, uh, the writer of Hebrews said, you know, uh, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin. And as Mitch and I talked, we recognized we had some similarities in, in, in encumbrances and sins. <laughs> and so we said, man, we're going to walk together, and we're going to encourage each other in, in our walk. And we've been doing that for the past 27 years. And one thing we committed to each other in this friendship of ours was we're going to be honest with each other. Mm. We're going to be open and honest about our relationship. And that really makes a world of difference. That I know this is a guy I can call and talk to, and he's going to shoot it to me straight. And so, and then, it's, and vice versa. So he's just a great friend. And, uh, and God has just done so much in him and through him in this ministry that he has uh, with the Tennessee Titans. So I just thought it was special because really on the schedule, I was supposed to speak today. And I asked Pastor, I said, Pastor, if I can get Mitch to agree to I do something. I got bamboozled. Yeah, bamboozled. he got bamboozled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greeter, I'm a greeter. Yeah, he's a, a greeter. greeter. <laughs> but, but, I, but I thank God, Mitch allowed the Holy Spirit to speak through him, you know. Because when I told Mr. to pray about it, I, I texted him and said something about it. He said, Let me pray about it. Then the next day he called me and said, I don't need to pray about this. This is something I need to do. Because I just want you guys to get a chance just to hear from this guy, to hear what God has done in him and through him. And uh, it's just amazing when he talks about what he's doing with the Tennessee Titans, that for you to understand. It's unique what God has opened up the door for him to do. In my nine years of playing and 22 years of coaching in the NFL, when Mitch first told me about his responsibility that he was given with the Tennessee Titans, I said, this is unique, and I think Mitch knows that. So I think what God has done so much in him, and now God is just doing so much through him. So just for, to share with you. And also, before Mitch talked, and Mitch is the reason why we're at this church. So when we moved back to Tennessee, you know, Sharon and I, we were looking for a church. We were going into Nashville, going to a church. And Mitch said, hey, man, you know what? There's a church that's, that's meeting at the Franklin YMCA. He said, you need to go by there and check that church out. And so Sharon and I were driving home from church that we had visited in Nashville. Said, okay, we're going to check this church out. And I'll never forget our first Sunday. It was uh, Peggy and Stu Souther. They were the greeters. And they greeted us. And, man, we walked in, and it was so friendly. And I told Sharon, I said, now, if this brother can preach, this is where we're going to church. <laughs> and to say the least, evidently, you know, he could do it. Because I walked up to him after church on Sunday, and I said, Pastor, we have found our church home. When you know what you're looking for, you don't have to keep looking. And I, I knew what we were looking for, you know, and so I thank God for that. So, Big Dog, I'm going to let you take it from here. Start out any way you want to, and, okay. and we'll go from there. And, you know, so at that time, Val and I lived in Dixon. And so, it was a long drive to the YMCA, to Franklin. So, so we found what we could find in Dixon, but we always wanted to attend Strong Town, you know, not knowing that we, we had no plans in being back in Nashville. You know, Val and I have been married. We just settled, We just got back from Alaska. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Uh, Alaska. <laughs> and uh, on Alaskan cruise. And so, we're celebrating 36 years of marriage. And so, it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. But this is, our, this is our 13th move. And so, it kind of take a little back further. I grew up in Mississippi. I grew up in the South, S-O-U-F-F. -F. There's a difference between <laughs> the South and about, about where, where I'm from. And, and, and so, I grew up with a mother and father, where a father could not read or write, with a mother that dropped out in ninth grade. I never had an inside bathroom until I got, until I got to college. So, yeah, I took a bath in a foot tub. Some of you might know what that is. And, 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 so, and so you're talking about God is good. God is good, you know. Uh -huh. Amen. And so I had no plan, no hope. That wasn't my plan because in my community, uh, it, no one went anywhere. No one had anything. I didn't know I was, I wasn't poor, I was poor. Baloney was a delicacy. You get where I'm coming from. You pick it up, I want to put it down. And, and, and so 
I joined a church at nine. You know how it is in the country. So my town has, I, had a, I lived in a metropolitan area of 500 people. You know, so everybody knew everybody. And so everybody in the community church. So one Sunday, my, me and my buddy were sitting on the back row. My mama looked around like this. So that means we had to come to the front. Come on now. And so we came to the front. We joined the church. The next Sunday, they took us to get baptized. Now, you know you're in trouble when they break off branches to scare the snakes away in the pond so that you can get baptized. You know, maybe you've said it, folks, don't know nothing about all this, but I'm going to tell you what this thing's like. And so I got baptized at age nine. I joined the church. March the 1st, 1984, I accepted Christ on my campus at University of Central Arkansas. And because, well, in here, I was trying to date a good girl. So she invited me to this campus revival, and I got more than I went for. You get where I'm coming up from? And God said, oh, I got you. You know, and so, and so I, made, I know that day I made a commitment to Jesus Christ. And here's how he made it real to me. So I went to junior college first, and I had a, um, a habit that did not contour to studying. I smoked weed every day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I don't know more, but I, but I did then. You know, I did then. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was really soothing. But anyway, but, but come on. And, and, so, and so on that night, on March the 1st, 1984, I was team captain. I, was, I smoked every day. I smoked a half joint before games. I, I was team captain. I sold weed to my teammates because everybody loved me because I smiled a lot. I never got in trouble. They never did drug testing. And on that night, I stopped smoking marijuana immediately. No rehab. I started in ninth grade. No rehab. It's like he said, let me, make it, let, me, let me make it real to this idiot. First verse that I, I memorized, I was discipled by a guy in the 2-7 series. You remember that by Navigators? This white guy, my head coach sent this, his pastor to my room. Now, back in them days, I didn't really like white people. I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm, I'm, I'm good now. Because of the era that I grew up in. Because the era that I, I grew up in South Mississippi. My mom and daddy died, they didn't trust no white people. And my mother was, was quarter white because she was quarter white because her, her great-grandmother her grandmother was, was raped by the man that she uh, fixed a, cleaned a house with. So they had, a, they had children together. And so I had a certain complex about, because my, my, my city, I see, I grew up with colored bathroom and colored laundromat, and I worked in the grocery store, and I took groceries out the front door, but my parents had to come through the back door. You, know, you see, I grew up in that. So the only thing that changed, it is a matter of the heart, but the heart is what really matters. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 is my first verse I ever memorized. Trust in the Lord all your heart. I didn't understand what all that means. All that meant trust in the Lord, but it gave me direction of where I should trust. Not in my, not in my blackness, not in where I was from, because all of a sudden where I was from became the crutch of why I was like I was. All I grew up with, you know, my first part of our marriage, you know, I was really an idiot because there was infidelity. So I live with grace and mercy. Are you listening to me? That's a whole other subject. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And all your ways of knowledge, she and he will make my path straight. But I like verse 7. Be not wise in my own eyes. Fear God. Not be afraid of him, but have a reverence for him that you don't want to do nothing to disrespect his name. Amen. And he's saying, turn from evil. So my wife, I shouldn't be here talking to you because on my, my paper, uh, I didn't graduate cum laude. I graduated, thank you, Lord, and there's a difference. <laughs> I left junior college with a 175 and a bag of weed, and I worked on a dairy farm. Now, I'm very transparent. That's what makes my relationship with my players, because I, I want to be 100. And, and, and let, me, let me put it this way, make it real. I grew up where older black men didn't talk back to younger black folks. Uh, and, and it wasn't their fault, just, just the way they were raised. My, my father and I had a great father. He couldn't read or write, but we didn't have no kind of conversation. I needed to know his struggles. I need to know why we wish more to like white people. I just knew that's the way I was raised. And so it's amazing how God can change the heart when you surrender, even when you don't know much. And so I got, I was working on this dairy farm. I didn't think, well, I'm going to share this anyway, Sean. I was working on this dairy farm. They had told me, this is your full-time job. 
after I played two years of junior college football. So one late July, I get a call to the barn, and it's my junior college coach. And he says, um, two coaches are here to see you. So it's the University of Central Arkansas. They come to the barn, come home that night, and my daddy could not read it right. They didn't talk a lot, so we send that eating. So the white guy says, white coach says, look, um, we want to offer your son a full scholarship. I've never been out of the state of Mississippi. My daddy didn't know anything about school. He said, he'll take it. I said, what? <laughs> uh-huh. So I just kept eating, you know. I just kept eating because back in them days, you didn't talk when grown folk was talking. You know, you can make that hit in the mouth. I don't care if you're 18, 19, but we should do that more now. I mean, and, 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 and you think about it. And so I'm sitting down, so the black guy said, don't you want him to visit? He said, no, sir. He said, uh, when does he need to be there? The next week, they put me on a Greyhound bus in Newton, Mississippi. Took 14 hours in a seven-hour trip and dropped me off in Conway, Arkansas. I was scared to death. I, two weeks, I called home. I said, I want to come home. Actually, I had a girlfriend in Jackson State. I mean, I want to come home. She said, Mama said, well, let me put your dad on the phone. All I heard was a click. <laughs> but think about this here. If that uneducated man hadn't used that godly wisdom at that particular time in my life and sent his oldest boy away, not knowing nothing, not knowing where he was going, you think that wasn't the Holy Spirit making sure I was going to be sitting here today? Come on now. Come on now. There is, there, there is no happenstance or chance or luck. I don't believe in all that stuff. I'm not cussing. I almost said something bad. No, I mean, I mean. <laughs> so that's kind of where it began. What is sir? Boy, you crazy. You see why I love this guy. <laughs> Mitch, let me ask you, because you talked about just how fast you went, you know, getting over the weed and all that other stuff. What do you see in a lot of, a lot of us as believers, why we go many years in our walk and you don't see the growth? It's like, you know, what is it? I mean, for you, he said, man, boom, here's what happened. Well, it's kind of like this. You got two dogs in you, flesh dog, spirit dog. Whichever one you feed the most can bark the loudest. But you have to starve one to feed the other. So there's not no in-between. We want the gray areas. You're either feeding the flesh and you're feeding the, or you're feeding the spirit. I don't know about you, but I know my flesh. But I really don't know my flesh because it'll take us to a place that we didn't realize we were going. I'm talking about what we think and how we look at it and how we change and how we do things. And so what you have to ask yourself in every moment, am I, am I about to feed the flesh or am I about to feed the spirit? The more I can feed the spirit, man, the more God can, I can be usable. See, that ain't about us, man. We get too caught up in, I, I'm glad that the Lord did it the does it the way I'm doing because, first of all, I didn't like school. I, li- I agree. I'm not giving us nothing wrong with school. I got two degrees, but I should have wrote Val on my name on one because she did on my paper. <laughs> you know? But Ken Hutchinson put it to me like this. He said, you're a football coach. Treat it like you're coaching football, but you're just coaching life. And that freed me up. He may be transparent. And be truthful. Be prepared. And be open. You know, and so, do you know your flesh? That would be the question. Do you know some of the signs what feeds your flesh? And some of it, sometimes, it'll be good. You know, and so, do you, do you know what that looks like? You know, why? So, it's your and our responsibility is to not put ourselves in a position where we have to choose. That's what I'm trying to do every day, man. I'm trying to keep myself in a position where I don't have to choose what I have to feed. And consistent in my word, consistent in my word, uh, what I'm reading, how I'm doing it, how I'm studying. You know, and, and so that's my responsibility. You know, but we want Pastor Chris to feed us and the elders to feed us. And then we starve from Sunday on through the week. We want our decision because that's my right. I feel like I need to do this. this I, I, but I, that person don't deserve my attention. Like me, last time I checked, Jesus dealt with everybody. He did it, and, and he dealt with everybody without agreeing with everybody. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? And so if I want to be usable, I got to stay in the middle of the road, man. And there ain't no balance. People, I want a balanced life. And when you find that out, just show it to me. I don't know what that is, a balance. What is that? 
how you gonna how you gonna measure balance? You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Go with the Spirit. If you don't learn nothing else in your life, learn how the Holy Spirit speaks to only you. I guarantee you, when you find out how the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you will know every point. Okay, I got a choice right here. And once you choose yourself, you don't hear him no more. But you know when the Holy Spirit said, no, Mitch, you need to go this way. It's still my choice. I done something right. I done something wrong. But we have a forgiving God. And so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know. And the same guy that discipled Mitch led me to Christ, Ken Hutcherson. And discipled me. And, you know, and he taught us so much. I mean, <laughs> this guy had a mindset. And I talk about him so much. People say I quote three things. I quote the Bible, and I quote, and I quote Ken Hutcherson and Dr. Evans. You know, you hear me? Those are three guys that I quote. That's, the Bible. That's, two, that's three good quotes. Yeah, those three good ones. <laughs> but for Hutch, Hutch's mindset was, was different. I tell mm. people how he lived. People say, this guy act like he has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. I said, no, the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on, on him. Bro. Come on, come on. That's, that's come how on. it was for him. And his mindset was obedience to God was never an option. He said, in our free will to choose, disobedience is not a choice. Mm. And that was his mindset. Mm. And, that's how, and that's how he did it. You know, and, and, and with that, he didn't want to change by flip that script in what kind of churches we attend. Mm. I don't want to be none denomination, nothing no more. I want a Bible teaching church. Right. And teaching me the word. I don't need the hoopla no more. You know, I'm just saying for me and my family. And, and, and he said, listen, you got to remember, your blackness does not override your, walk, your obedience to Jesus Christ. Right. And that's what, that's what challenged me. My excuse was because I grew up in South Mississippi. But when, when a man from South Alabama who's married to a German lady and said he had German chocolate kids. I thought, this dude is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Telling me that my blackness cannot override my obedience with Christ. I mean, it's in everything, guys. It's in everything. I saw more than you can even imagine where I'm from, what my parents went through. But even with that, if God can forgive me, and, and Ephesians 5, 1 tells us to be imitators of Christ. I mean, try to imitate him every day in some kind of way, try to imitate what he would do. You know, I, I mean, that gives us a challenge. Data, we have 86,400 seconds in a day. Only thing we can work on is, though, 86,400 seconds. They don't roll over like AT&T, and they don't, you can't do nothing with them. But you have 86,400 seconds. Say, can I give God more, 86, more of the 86,400 seconds that I have in this day and worry about tomorrow and tomorrow and can't do nothing about yesterday? That's what life's about, man. That's what life's about. And if you know how the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you know how to navigate your day. No, I don't have a job. I have a calling. Because my wife and I didn't want to come here. I remember calling Sharon. I said, listen, a buddy of mine calls, look, Two teens want to talk to you. I said, no, I'm good, brother. Duke paid me a lot of money. Golly. <laughs> you know, and, and we were comfortable. We just bought this big dream home. Life was good. It's kind of like God said, but we, no, I want you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So when I flew on, got on the plane, Sharon, to fly over here. Didn't nobody know but me, Sherman, and my wife. I said, Lord, I'm going to tell them no. I'm telling the Lord what I'm going to do. <laughs> and by the time, right before it land, I said, Lord, make it clear. Mm, 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 mm. It was in April. I took about five steps in the building. I went, oh, my gosh. I felt a pull to come to be, that I was called to do the football. They didn't offer. So I had a plan. July 1st, I'm going to call them and tell them no, because I'm not going to leave my head coach in July. July 5th. GM calls, oh, yeah, by the way, you are a guy. Can you be here in two weeks? <laughs> and I came here to having to raise money. Within a three-month time, with help from Strong Tower and Charman and other people, we had $120,000 raised. Not knowing that God had a whole other different plan where the team was going to hire me as a full-time employee. It's four of us in the NFL. It's not normal. It's a God thing. I work from with the man with the grass to the woman at the top that owned everything. 
They give me unbelievable favor in the building. I go to any meetings. I go to the combine. I go. To, I, I do interview. My my title is player engagement coordinator. I'm coordinating Jesus. <laughs> 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 and and I, I I want to deal with the one that don't know that don't go to come to nothing. I, I'm not a Bible thumper. That's not who I am. Because I didn't like it like that. No. I have simple words because it's the only way I understand. I had to make it plain to me because that's the only way I understand it. But, that, but, that, but that's okay. That's the way he designed me to do it. You know, and, and so my way is I know God has given me a unique ability but to build relationships. I can talk to a stump. You know what I'm saying? I mean, one of a, you know, he gave me a unique ability to build a relationship. So through that relationship, I, I have two purposes. Build a relationship and see what God wants to do with the rest of it. Now, I have a plan. Hutch always told me to have a plan for the unsaved, the growing Christian, and the carnal guy. So you got to meet them where they are. They're going to fall in one of three of those categories. And so I have a plan, but with some of them, we just need to be friends because if not, I'm probably going to cut him. I mean, but I won't, not, not deep, not real deep though, just kind of stick him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, so, and, so, and so it's important because I may be the only Christian friend he's, that's serving him without him asking him to do anything. I don't want them to come to chapel. You don't have to come to Bible study. I might be tilling the ground for the next person that's coming along. That's what it's about, God. That's what, that's what he want to use us differently. Because if I go in there, and it was two months before I offered a Bible study at the time. I had breakfast with a guy, I had lunch with a guy. I had breakfast with a coach, I had lunch with a coach. Stay late. I go up to the second and third floor and meet everybody and go around, break my round. And then all of a sudden, I was building content of relationship. So I ask you this. Where God has planted you, how relational are you? How inclusive? Are you just inclusive to a certain group? Or are you trying to reach the one that he puts you around? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Because so, that's where he's planted us. Everybody not designed to work in this church. Everybody not designed to work in a ministry. But he's planners in spots where we can be effective, sometimes more than preachers and other teachers in the church. And so my question is, have you looked around and see what he needs to do with you where you are now? That's what we're here for, man. It's, can we make an impact for Christ right where he has us? I wouldn't want to do it anywhere else. I want the cussers and the carousers and the cohabitators. I guess the people live together, cohabitators. You know, you know. <laughs> I, I, I want them to come to my office and, 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 and I want them to be able to shut the door and say, man, can I talk real with you? This past spring, one of, the kids, one of those guys came in. He shut the door. He said, man, Mitch, I thought about what you've been talking about. I want Jesus in my heart. And I led him to Christ right there in my office. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I don't tell you, I don't, I don't tell you that. I don't tell you that, because that, that for myself. The word convicted him because he wanted to start learning how to do a devotion. Are you listening to what I'm, what I'm picking up? It's, 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 that's what it's about. With some of them, I, it's just hey, every, all during the day I walk around, hey, what you read today? Hey, what you read today? Oh, Mitch, I missed it today. So in, instead of browbeating, hey, let's pick it up start back tomorrow. It's teaching how to do a devotion every morning. The next person may come along and teach them how to go more in depth. And it's all about application because it's just like football. You can have more degrees than Fahrenheit sitting here, and you can know all kind of word, and you can have all kind of thing, and, 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 but yet and see, it's like football. If you know the play in the huddle, but you're not willing to break the huddle, what good is the play? That's just word, man. You know it, but you're not willing to apply it? That's a hypocrite, isn't it? Right. <laughs> and it's saying, it isn't saying perfection. It says immaturity. And that we should constantly be showing, I'm, I'm more mature now than I was, than I used to be. Ask me, good, good, good. Because if you want to test your life in Christ, relationship. Relationship. Val and I is opposite as apples and onion. It's a God had a sister human when he put up together, boy. <laughs> but all I know, he was called, he called me to be the head of the home and not the headache of the home. Because when I'm the headache of the home, there's disaster, there's chaos at home. And as men, sometimes we can get beside ourselves and think it's supposed to be like my way and an only way. I'm supposed to take in her counsel. I'm supposed to listen to her. She trusts me with the, with the final decision. 
but it hadn't always been like that for 36 years. Because there was some time in our life that she couldn't even say she loved me because of things that I had done before. Are you listening to me? So I'm telling you, when I can live God forgiveness, if God can forgive me of all of what I did to her, and I, am I going to judge someone else that's come across my path? No. Because he may have some issues or she may have some problems. No. This word is real, man. It says, seek ye first. Seek him first in everything. In everything. But think about how many things we have done now where we can go on them top ticks or what that thing called? Tick them, talk them, or all them, all them, all them grams and, 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 and them Facebooks and, 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 and seek someone else's opinion. Mm-hmm. A year 20, Val was gone. She said, I'm done. When the last child got ready to go to college, she said, I'm out. I get, I get an email at practice. All the damage had caught up. I leave practice and I go home and I stay downstairs. She said, we well, used to stay upstairs until I find a place. Make it real to you now. It's amazing. God, sometimes God had to break you to remake you. Are you listening to me? Sitting in my, in, my, in my basement, all I could do is cry, God, help me. For about three or four days, one of my coaches called me and in real colored, colored, colorful language told me to come back to work. I was embarrassed. We did couple counseling. We knew all the words. But, you know, no one wants that. I don't want to ask for no help because it would be embarrassing. Sometimes as black folk, we like to hold things in. We find out things, we find out things about people sometimes when we get to the funeral, but we should have asked for help early in our communities. But anyway, an older white couple at our, at our we went to a, a, a Christian council first. You know, I, I'm kind of like this. I, I need somebody to kind of in my face. I don't need a good or two-shoes guy. I'm sorry, but that, that don't do much for me. I, I may not be wrong, but I need somebody that's going to give me the real, real. You know, and, and, and so the guy was nice, but he wasn't transparent. So an older couple at church, when they sat down and they told us their story, they had stayed separated for seven years and got back together. I said, okay, I'll listen to this dude. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. And they say that I'm married. Here's the key. They never talked about our marriage. Huh? <laughs> they never talked about our marriage. Not one time. They constantly talked about right here. He said, there's a, there's a misconnection here because it's causing, causing destruction here. Huh? Selfishness. And, I mean, you think about it, it was all going on. And when I got right, home got right. Whoo, sucky, sucky, it got right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, she would kill me right now. <laughs> and it changed the dynamic of my kids. Come watch this now. My kids saw it about to be gone. Then they saw God's healing. I gave them hope that, you know what, regardless of how tough it is, regardless of how hard it is, man, you got to weather the storm in Christ. Amen? You either be in the head or you be in the headache. There is no in-between. Hutch used to tell me, I used, I used to go to Hutch and say, man, Val won't do this and she won't do that. And he said, well, go home. I said, he said, one day he said, look, go home and look at your wife and whatever she putting out, you putting it in there. I didn't really like that a whole heap. But he was right. <laughs> I mean, one time, Val said, How, what can I do to, to please you? I said, oh, give me to them all. I wrote about 25 things down, and I cut the list up. <laughs> I, I wrote a list about 25 things down, and I cut the list out. I thought I had a pretty, pretty good list together. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I gave it to her. And so for about a month, she tried. She gave it back to me and said, you know, I really don't know who I am. The flesh said it was all about what I need. The word says I'm supposed to serve my wife as Christ served the church. I'm supposed to love my wife as life as Christ loved the church. I'm supposed to agape my wife. That's unconditional. That's regardless of what she does, what she says. It changed the dynamic of our marriage. It changed me. So, guys, stop being slappies. Get about God's business. You don't need to share the word outside your door if you ain't doing it right at home. Let me say that again. If you're ministering more at your job than you are at home, that's a problem. 
You have young kids. Are you, is this the only time you're having devotion with your children and families? Is, are you discipling your children first? That's, that's what it's supposed to look like. It's not, it's not Pastor Chris's job. Is he, he teaches us and gives us tools so we can do it at home. I wish someone had checked me with that early in my life. I thought just going to church was enough. You know, am I treating, do our marriages, is the only thing that shows the true intimacy of what our life should be with Jesus Christ? When people see our marriage, is it making an impact without saying anything to anybody about our marriage? That's what's different now. I read something the other day that says, teach and preach the gospel and sometimes use words. I like that. Good stuff. That's good stuff. You know, it's interesting how Hutch, once again, hear his name again, how he made such a difference in our lives. And as he was counseling me, because when we went out to uh, Seattle, uh, my rookie year in 76, Sharon and I got married in 77. Hutch led me to Christ in 76, and he became my marriage counselor. You know, here, here and this guy wasn't married. But all he did was he kept taking us to the word. Hmm. It was always the word. And just like Miss just said right there, I mean, the turning point is the same thing. I would go to Hutch and complain about Sharon, complain about Sharon, and say, God, he said, God's going to start with you. You're the head. You got to get right. Instead of you worrying about her, think about what you need to do different. And I mean, so he charged me up. So it was was great how he always pointed it right back to me, pointed it back to the word. Like I said, and this was a guy who wasn't married, but man, he knew the word. And like he said, to him, you know, Sharon and I would throw the D word around. That D word meant divorce, 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 divorce. And he told me, he said, divorce is not Not an option. option. That's right. He said, take it off the table. Take it off the table. And once I took that off the table and Sharon and I took it off the table, we start working at our marriage better because that was no longer an option. See, if you got an out clause, if you got a way you think you can get out, well, I mean, I'll do this, but hey, I, I'm, if I can get out, I'm going to get out. But when you remove that out clause, man, you said, we got to work at this thing. But he started talking to us about the same thing, big dog, you know, about the and work. That and that doesn't mean you're still going to every now and then have some loud fellowship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, that's, that's, that's a part of it, you know. I mean, right. I mean life, man, marriage tough. You know, and, and so, but it's about, am I treating Val like a sister in Christ? That's my first question to myself and when we're going through something. Am I treating her like a sister in Christ? You know, let me get a quick view of what it looks like at work every day. Mm-hmm. I get three free meals a day. What a blessing. Who <laughs> is <laughs> a game changer? You know, <laughs> well, my office is there, uh, so I go to work every day. I go to all the team meetings. I can go to staff meetings. I go to individual meetings. I can watch film with any group. Uh, I offer Bible studies on Friday mornings for player at coaches at 6.30 a.m., players at 7.20 a.m. Then I do one upstairs for anybody on the second and third floor, secretaries, vice presidents, sec- marketing, sales at, at 8.30 on Thursday morning. Uh, we have chapel starting next Sunday. We have we start to work this coming Saturday. We start, we have chapel every Sunday for camp in the facility. They give me the whole team room, uh, and then on the way on games we have chapel home games. We have chapel away games. I travel. Uh, it's not normal. No, it's not. I just did a memorial service. The owner called me and said, "Hey, what this guy died? Bob Hyde, remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. So she said, "Hey, will you?" I re- would you do a memorial service? So I go to the stadium two weeks ago, and they probably two or three hundred people showed up, and I did a memorial service in the stadium. It's not normal. They call me for counsel. I do. I meet with couples. I do, I spend a lot of time with the coaching staff. I stay late with them at night, and 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 the ones that don't talk about any don't come to anything. They looking for me every Thursday night. They may have something to talk about, but it's marriage or kids. People in the cafeteria got to always treat the people in the cafeteria right. Yeah. Yeah. They, had a, they, had a, they had a worker that was having some issues. They called me to their office and said, hey, can you help us? It's not normal what God has opened the door. If it stops tomorrow, it's been a blessing. 
which Tony Evans talks about, my concentration every day is being a blessing instead of looking for a blessing. Keep caught, get caught up on it. I'm just trying to get my blessing. Now you already got it. Every time you look in the mirror. I keep a, I, on my desk, on my wall in my room, in my office, I got a picture of my house, my old house back home. I put with a, a log truck, put with truck, hay trailer, the dairy farm where the Central Arkansas found me, my mom, dad, brother, and sister. It's a reminder to me every day how blessed I am. Because I'm not supposed to be sitting here. There's no chance. I wouldn't have chose me on my lifestyle. There's no chance. But who better? Because I have no reason to judge nobody. And all the reason to hang out with them. You get what I'm saying? And so I had one guy. (laughs) So we don't call our Bible study Bible study. We call it soul food. (laughs) The first morning, we put soul food on the the, the schedule. It's in the locker room. So a brother showed up. Man, Mitch. I thought, how is Mitch going to serve soul food at 7.30 in the morning? <laughs> he said, I'm going to go see that. I got to go see that. I said, but it made you come, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he thought I was serving chicken, collard green, butter beans. No, brother. He didn't miss another one. Amen. You know, and uh, I, I'm not a numbers guy, but we have more at chapel and Bible studies than most teams. It's not normal. But you know why? Because of relationships. They're transparent with our players. They know everything about Val and I. When we do couple counseling, they know everything about it. We, we, have, four, we, we have 14 or 16 couples that meet back here at once a week in our fellowship hall. We do a couple's Bible study right back here in our fellowship. It's in the center area. Because it's private. Nobody even knows they're back here. It's a blessing. It's not normal. Wins and losses. Now, my coaching side, I'll be wanting to hit a joke in their throat if he ain't playing good. You know what I'm saying? But, but that's not my purpose, man. My, my message doesn't change whether we win or whether we lose. I had to get myself together 100%. That's not my purpose. Until God moved me somewhere else I, I, to get rid of all of us, my purpose is to be able to find some way to make an impact for Christ every day. I pick, up, I pick up jersey out of practice with equipment guys so they give me access to them. I, I'm the water guy for the defensive line doing practice from practice start. A way to serve. Equipment guys also have hot dogs at halftime, so I really want to think. That's good stuff. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's a unique job. Everybody think I had a guy call me and say, man, you must, it must be the glamorous job ever. How do you, how do you not to be in awe of them guys? <laughs> I don't care about all that. Mm-hmm. I treat them just like they are. That's probably the best thing to happen. I'm not in awe of that. You do like I am. I told them, I'm, I'm kind of like their Uncle Ray Ray. They got that cool uncle that come on at the, at the barbecues at home in the backyard. Oh, that's me. That's me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like Uncle Ray. But they gave me a nickname. And I don't know if I'm going to tell this or not. You know when a knock at night. Y'all ever seen this movie called Pay It, Pay It, Pay It, Pay It in Full? So the boys start calling me Money Making Mitch. I said, that's a, ain't that dude a drug dealer? I said, what's that? But they said, oh, Mitch, but he's the good drug dealer, though. I said, okay, whatever makes it good. <laughs> I guess that means then that I was accepted in the locker room because I never, I didn't go in the locker room until they invited me in the locker room. One of the older guys said, hey, man, how about come through and check it on us? And so service. I'll go back to the while I stated statement in a, moment, in a minute before. If you're serving more at work than you are at home, male or female, that's a problem. That's a problem. Divorce happened at a higher rate now, probably in Christian family than ever before, because we don't fight no more for our families. And you can think the grass is green on the other side of the fence and get over there in this astroturf. It's just as fake as all get out. But it's, but it's in this word. Fight for your marriage. 
I don't know where I don't know why I'm sticking so hard on this because it's the easiest thing for us to hide when we're having trouble in our, in our relationships. We can fake the funk when we come to church. But man, when you get back in the car, man, I said nothing to each other. How do I know that? Because Val and I are very good at it. And so I'm challenging you, if you're in a relationship or you're married, what's the temperature of it? Men, are you the head or the headache? And then what are you doing to change it? Are you seeking him first? Or are you ashamed to ask for help? That's feeding the flesh. That's called being prideful. That was me. I know about we teach the classes. Come on, girl. We've helped change couples' lives. I was a class A idiot. God had to break me in the bottom of a house. Lost. Marriage gone. And his only answer why we're together is but God. It's the only answer. Are we any more alike? No chance. She's just as sweet and nerdy as all get out. I love her to death. And then there's moi. <laughs> Man, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, as Mitch is talking about as we get ready to wrap this up here, you know, it's just talking about relationships. And it's interesting, you know, once again, quoting Doc Evans, he, 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 he made a quote, and it's talking to all of us, but it, I think he directed it to men. But he said that you can never truly be over what God has put you over until you come under what is over you. See, God's word says that Christ is the head of man, man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. So he says you can never truly be over what God has put you over <coughs> until you come under what is over you. So until we come underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ, we're not truly over what God has put us over. We can't do it the right way. Relationships. We, Sharon and I were in, um, hey, where were we at? New Orleans last week, right, Sharon? And so anyway, this guy was talking about FCA group, and he was talking about discipleship, discipleship. Hmm. And, man, they had a way they wanted to do it, man. We got this go pack, and you got two Bibles in here, and here's what we do and all this other stuff. So we're sitting in this, at this table with this huddle group, and the guy, he, he turned to me because I was a keynote speaker, and he said, well, tell me how, how you do it, how you go about it. And I kind of blew it for him. I said, man, it comes out of relationships. Just being in a relationship with someone. It, it, I don't start out saying, that's my project right there. Come on, bro. Come on. You know, I said, man, just in a relationship. Come on. He and I, just, just a relationship. And it develops. We're sharing our life more than we're sharing the word. And as we're sharing our life, the word becomes part of it. As the Bible says, you know, be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And we start talking about our hope. And the kind of men we want to be, relationships. Right. So I would just encourage you along those lines, everyone, not just the men, but everyone, man. It's about relationships. But it starts with our relationship with Christ. Because you can never truly be over what God has put you over until you come under what is over you. And we place ourselves underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. Big Dog, is there anything you want to say? I, I, I just said this, you know, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give God and give glory to the Father in heaven Galatians 5 16 I, I define this as this you learn it with a hunger then you live it I mean through the course of your life and then you leave it learn it live it leave it leave it is our legacy so let's etch our names on hearts instead of etching our names on tombstones. This thing's not very complicated, guys. I'm glad God designed me the way he did, and he designed you differently. You're not designed to do it the way I'm doing. I'm not designed the way Sherm do it. Sherm got more scripts I've been writing. Fahrenheit got degrees, you know what I mean? So, I mean, so that's not me. I have to write stuff down. I think, I think some of my ships don't dock because of all that weed I smoke. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so Pastor Chris had a question there. What do I like to do in the off season? Sleep. Take vows on traveling places. Sit on the back deck. 
fish, smoke cigars. Maybe not in all that order. Try to keep it very simple. And, th and then someone to my right over here will call while I'm at work saying, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, you're at work. <laughs> he's trying to get me to be in my flesh, and he wants me to cuss him when he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, since, since I'm retired, I enjoy calling him at work. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry I called you at work, you know. I'm just messing around here today. They had nothing else to do, you know. And then the day before we came out here, I said, man, I'm going to ask you this question. I hope it doesn't mess with your mind. Uh, when do you have to go back to work? Because they're on vacation. And I know in coaching, I, this was the part you always hated, Mitch. I tell you, you hate it. You, you love when the vacation begins. But now yes. Mitch knows that he goes back to work on Saturday. Oh. Now, what, what I would always do when I was in coaching, you would, whenever the, the schedule came out, you would look to see when your bye week was. So let's say your bye week, when's your bye week? Your week five. Week five, so that's, that's not bad. But if you, you had, whatever the bye week was, I would look at it and say, okay, man, I don't get a day off mm. until that bye week. So Mitch goes back to work on Saturday. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. He doesn't get a day off until week five bye week. About six, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you always know because this is a 24 yeah. you, you don't call in sick. No. If, if you're not feeling well, they tell you, come to the facility. We got doctors and trainers. They'll, they'll take care of you. That's right. That's the truth. That's the truth. I, I thank God in my 22 years, 32 years of coaching, I never miss a day, you know, didn't have an option. You had to be there. You know, it just, you, you got to show up. And so, man, I, I just thank God for you, Mitch. Um, ain't, and, and he had a, they ain't no, he had a question on what's our biggest challenge. I was trying to figure out what to take by all food for home uh, that night. I mean, but other than that, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not crap. I don't have one. I can't believe God called me to do what I'm doing. It's a pleasure to get up every day and go to work, man. Because he let, he's letting me be me. Yeah. Uncle Ray Ray. That's what he letting me be. Amen. Not perfect, but maturing. When a guy comes in and says he wants to be a disciple, the only thing I ask him to do two things. Be consistent and can't ever lie to me. The rest of it will take care of itself. Because if you're inconsistent, then it's not a priority. If you lie to me, I can't trust you. So just be consistent. Regardless of how bad it is, how good it is, you can't ever lie to me. If he commits to that, I know he's ready to grow, not because of me. Because of what he, maybe he's seen in me. That's what discipleship is. God's not going, when I get to heaven, he's not going to worry about how many verses I got memorized. He's going to worry about who, he's going to show me how many I got on the bus with me. We have to be intentional in relationships, especially when they don't look like us or grow up like us. I held that for as, a, as a grudge for a long, as a wall for a long time and had great reasoning to do that. Because I remember everything. I remember words. I remember all of it. That's what drove me to prove that I was better than a white guy. It almost destroyed me. So, what we can leave you with? Search your heart. Ask God to show you your heart. Show you your heart. Then what you gonna do with it? You know enough. We are well we are well taught from this pool, but you know that enough. We are well taught. If, if you're not learning nothing here, you're lost to the ball and how we. <laughs> so, are you going to break the huddle? Or it's going to be, be prideful that I know a lot. Smart. Cum laude? Thank you, Lord. Before we close in prayer, you know, I just think about like Mitch talked about the huddle. And as we know, you know, we talk about when you come in the huddle, you come in the huddle and you get encouraged in the huddle. You know, you'll get challenged in the huddle, just like today. Everything that I'm getting ready to say, this should apply today. Because basically, we are in a huddle. And I know it, I was speaking somewhere and the guy asked me, was I still coaching? Uh, I was, it's, it's Abundant Life Church. He said, are you still coaching? And I said, yes. 
He said, where are you coaching at? I said, well, I'm getting ready to coach at Abundant Life Church this morning. <laughs> and this is what's happening right here. You just got some coaching this morning. And we're in a huddle. And we are a team, just like the Tennessee Titans, Seattle Seahawks, whoever. Man, we're a team. We're Team Jesus here at Strong Tower Bible Church. And we're members of the team. We're members of the team. And so as we come into the huddle to get encouraged, challenged, warned, and instructed, we're going to break the huddle. We, we, we leave the huddle. And then we leave the huddle differently than the way we came in because you got encouraged, challenged, warned, and instructed. But the big thing, when, they, when you break the huddle, there's an expectation that you're going to apply what you got in the huddle. That's right. You have to run the play that's called. You have to apply it. It's not an option. Can you imagine what it would look like with the Titans or anyone if Ryan Tannehill calls a pass play and the guy says, man, I don't want to run that route. I'm going to do something different. What the play would look like. But I want to tell you this. The only team that I know that will break the huddle and choose not to run a play is Team Jesus. The only team. They will get a word from God Almighty and they say, nah, I don't agree with that. I'm not comfortable with that. It's going to cost me too much to do that. Nah, not right now. God has an expectation that when we break the huddle, we're going to run the play that's called. We have to run the play that's called. We have to execute. We have to apply what God has given us. It's application. So we always talk about, I always, you know, Mitch does, man, encourage you. Man, ask you as believers, man, how bad do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want what Mitch is talking about, be the type of man and woman that God has called us to be? You got to want it. And I remember how Hutch would say also, he says, you got to be willing or you got to be willing to be made willing. <laughs> man, are you willing to say, God, I want to be the man and woman of God that you called me to be. That's what I want. And God said, man, God said he'll come alongside and he'll help us. We got the aid of the Holy Spirit. So Team Jesus here at Strong Tower Bible Church, we're going to break the huddle. Hopefully you got encouraged, challenged, warned, and instructed that you're going to leave here differently than the way you came today. And you're going to apply what you got today. I always say if you apply one thing, one thing, watch that one thing change your life. Just take one thing, one thing that you heard from Mitch today. Just take one of them and apply and watch that one thing change your life. Big Dog, close us out in prayer. Good Lord, we pray for, that we not stay the same. Teach us the voice of your Holy Spirit within each one of us. Grow us so we may be a blessing to others. Be with us this day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you're dismissed.